This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Catherine Carpenter, Vice President of Sourcing, Contracting, Clinical Strategy and Implementation and Supply Chain at Common Spirit Health. Catherine, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, I know we have a lot to talk about. There's so much happening, especially in the supply chain space and really thinking about some of the different challenges, um, you know, in, in troubleshooting those issues. But before we dive into our conversation, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. Um, I uh, always and will always consider myself an operating room nurse, which is where I started my uh, medical surgical career. And I worked in the operating room in various capacities for 20, 25 years or so, and uh, made the jump to supply chain when that position was open, uh, which is an entirely different world to enter, but I've never looked back. Um, uh, I worked at Ascension uh, in, in supply chain, and it was the beginning of their clinical uh, implementation team where the uh, the research group would create these contracts and have clinical people in the field uh, implementing them, sharing data, discussing things with physicians. And I became one of the first people to model that role. And then uh, we went to, my boss went to CHI, Catholic Health Initiatives, where I followed, and we implemented that same sourcing, contracting, and implementation model at CHI. Um, then I became the uh, VP of sourcing and contracting along with the implementation piece. And just in time for a merger between Catholic Health Initiatives and Dignity Health, which was um, uh, fascinating to be a witness uh, at the table for that merger. And uh, then we switched GPOs uh, to Premier one month, 30 days before the pandemic hit. So it's been an amazing ride in supply chain, and it's been a privilege to be able to uh, be at the forefront um, of, of supply chain clinical work. And I think we've actually done very well given the disruption that we've had, but um, it's, it's, I wouldn't do anything else. It's been a, a great ride. That's amazing. And what a, an interesting time to be making changes right before the pandemic. And then obviously over the past two years, there's just, you know, everything changed um, for, you know, in, yeah. in how you're thinking about supply chain and what you had to know and, and really um, think about when you're procuring supplies. And so from your perspective, you know, obviously we're a few years from that initial when the pandemic hit in 2020, but what do you really focus on today? What are your top priorities in what are you still, um, I guess, recovering from when you're thinking about the supply chain? Um, yeah, I think we, obviously, the pandemic was extremely disruptive. Uh, no business model could prepare for what we had to go through. We did operate very, uh, with great agility. And I think it actually gelled our supply chain team between the clinical strategy, the operations, and uh, the finance and analysis that uh, is our supply chain team. Those disruptors during the pandemic did have lasting effects. Um, I think 
uh, part of the problem was so soon after a merger, our data, obviously, uh, that is one of the things that is extremely difficult to uh, find synergies in two very large healthcare systems uh, and merging their data. That has still, uh, through the disruption of the pandemic, is just now starting to really clear and we're getting a handle on uh, being able to manipulate the data of one of the largest nonprofit healthcare systems in the country. Um, we are working on stability in our own supply chain just in time to have uh, the inflationary effects. Uh, obviously, a lot of uh, this is due to the pandemic, but now we are spending an awful lot of time uh, with pricing changes that are incredibly disruptive, uh, obviously working with suppliers on commodity products that are backordered. Uh, uh, we have learned more about raw materials, about sourcing in China, about freight logistics, uh, fuel costs, that sort of thing for our suppliers uh, as we try to withstand the uh, headwinds of all the inflationary costs that's being handed to us. Um, so it's an exciting time, but those are the issues I think that were begin had beginnings in the pandemic, and we're still feeling the the effects of today. That is a really great point, um, you know. And when you think about those challenges and everything you've had to learn about the geopolitical environment, and you know what it takes to really make sure that your staff has what they need to care for patients, um, and then also thinking about budgetary constraints, which I know have just tightened over the past two years. What are you thinking about, and how are you uh, really making a strategy for the future? What solutions have you found? What works? What doesn't? Mm. Well, we are actually starting our own partnership with the manufacturing in, in China so that we can do some direct sourcing. Uh, Common Spirit does have an entity that is working in, in the nascent stages of actually doing that work to ensure a resiliency. That's a word that's always the hot topic uh, at many supply chain conferences. How do you build in resiliency? Um, our operations team is looking at different 3PL solutions. Um, we are now heading into the flu season, and it's expected to be uh, uh, quite an increase over the last few years. So how does that impact our supplies? Uh, we have our data scientists actually doing retrospective looks uh, back through in seasonal increases in supplies so that we're prepared um, for what will be a difficult respiratory season, I think, all up and down uh, the medical system. Uh, we are better prepared now than we were before the pandemic because we had uh, to develop those agile operations processes in order to make sure that we had everything that we needed for our patients. So um, I think there, there's the agility, there's the uh, resilience, and then there's the actual partnership with our suppliers, those who will be transparent, and that is something that is near and dear to our hearts. We're really starting to study the transparency and partnership between suppliers and uh, providers because we have to. There is no longer uh, the privilege of just being able to assume that your suppliers are going to be able to supply 
uh, what is in a contract. So we've had to be transparent with those um, suppliers that uh, we're able to establish that relationship with. And I think we're seeing and partnering with those who are capable of doing that. We're also seeing which ones are not. So it's been a very interesting um, sort of discerning process of those suppliers, especially at our size and our scale, who will really stand with us to weather this storm. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And it's so interesting to hear that you've got that partnership for direct sourcing in China. What does it take to set up something like that? Um, How did you come to the decision, I guess, that it made sense to invest in, in doing that versus other strategies? Well, I I will say that uh, it started years ago with um, Dignity Health having some connections in China, looking at it from a mission point of view, and, uh, you know, having just uh, knowledge of folks on the ground there uh, was, was nice. It was a good thing to do, but it never really took off until uh, the pandemic started, and immediately Uh, When we found ourselves in March scrambling for N95s, our our partner in the very first real trade sent us a plane load of N95s based on uh, just a friendship and a relationship that we had. So that's where it started. And over the years, in the next two or three years, we've uh, worked with them to source, figure out what it requires with which manufacturers. Uh, we've gotten very good at um, making sure that financially we're getting what we're paying for. We've gotten very good at assessing quality uh, of, of PPE and, and commodity products. That's another thing that I don't think any of us realize uh, now. PPE is something everybody knows about. Uh, before the pandemic, no lay people knew what PPE was. So we've had to ed- educate ourselves over the years. And I think established um, a really robust team that is uh, working on that uh, sourcing directly from China. And we had to have support of Common Spirit and the executive leadership as well. Uh, It makes sense, not just from a cost perspective, but also from a resiliency perspective. I love that. I think that's so important and just really uh, hammers home how you can develop a a strategy that makes sense. Um, But then, you know, it was also, like you said, going to be ideally stable without some another crazy pandemic, but something that you can really rely on going forward. Um, Is there any other ways you're thinking about growth and investment for the next two years or so? Yeah, I think one of the things that we're really concentrating on now is our purchase services spend standardization, centralization of shared services is has been a common theme since our integration. And uh, we are three years in. We're improving that all the time. Clinical products, I think we've got uh, very well centralized nationally. Uh, I do think purchase services is the last frontier for some of that spend to be aggregated and standardized nationally. So if you think about... Um, you know, EBS contracts, food contracts, uh, fish tank cleaning contracts, everything that is spent in the in the markets and the divisions in the hospitals and facilities, we are trying to assist with uh, purchasing templates and then nationalizing that spend where we can. And uh, it's it is uh, very difficult work 
from a data perspective, uh, trying to find those contracts that are sitting in filing cabinets in uh, small uh, facilities, that sort of thing. But we we are doing that and and really uncovering that last bucket of spend that uh, we haven't touched before, and it's been extremely successful for us. It's an ongoing uh, project. So I'm very proud of our uh, being able to reach into those uh, aspects of the business that we were not capable of doing before. We're also getting to, you know, be really smart and thoughtful about our real estate spend. Um, you know, I think many organizations after the pandemic had to deal with the hybrid, uh, remote, non-remote worker uh, issues. So obviously that's impacted us as well. We are looking at uh, strategically for the first time in the organization, where are we going to work? What kind of work are we going to do? Uh, what's the productivity expectations of, of that work in those situations? And um, that that's a huge exercise, again, for, for an IDN our size, but uh, we're making great progress in, in that as well. It's not, uh, not a finished product yet, but I think that will continue to provide um, uh, dollars as well. Uh, in terms of growth, I think we are really focused on quality and our uh, patient safety numbers. Um, our, our supply chain always supports our clinicians working on uh, those things to make sure that those numbers are constantly improving. Uh, with the nursing shortage, it's been a huge challenge for everyone uh, with a lot of uh, traveling nurses and turnover. Uh, that transfer of knowledge doesn't always happen. Um, we're, we are uh, creating a nursing residency program and an tra internal travel nurse pool at Common Spirit to deal with some of those issues. And I think as the workforce is stabilized, uh, we'll see those quality uh, issues continue to improve as they have um, recently. So I, I think that's very exciting as well. Absolutely. Wow. There's a lot there. A lot to think about there over the next few there. years. <laughs> it's never the same day. Absolutely. Well, that's what makes it fun, I think, and I'm sure interesting. Um, Absolutely right. Yeah, we are also looking at uh, growing, and we are uh, constantly looking for mergers, acquisitions, and changing our footprint within uh, the, na the nation, basically. We uh, have hospitals from uh, Georgia to Washington State and Texas to South Dakota. And um, so it's always geographically a, a, a real challenge. But um, I, I think it, it is going to be cautiously uh, done. Um, I think we have to look very carefully at what we can do and what we can't do. As a nonprofit, we have a lot of critical access facilities that have always been the mission of Common Spirit to provide care uh, wherever it is needed, not where it's profitable. So we are uh, having to support those uh, places that are not necessarily uh, profitable and we have to balance that with the makeup of the greater organization. Um, that is one thing that is a 
commitment and our mission of nonprofit healthcare, and that has to be um, taken into account for sure. Uh, but we're getting much better at mergers as we change our footprint within the nation, and uh, uh, we are con- going to continue to grow. We have a new CEO, Wright Lassiter, has uh, stepped in as of August, and that's very exciting for us. Um, change is always uh, embraced by by supply chain, as we are the ones that frequently uh, cause those transitions to happen. So we're very excited about. Uh, what Wright has to bring to the organization just at the time when we need it. So we are looking forward to some uh, probably reorganization of of the people that we have, but um, it's a very exciting time. He's promised that uh, we are going to continue to grow in the right places um, with the right quality to provide those that care to those patients. Population health is also a very important missions for common spirit. So we we do have a great commitment to communities and um, our presence there. And again, uh, making sure that all of that is financially viable um, requires some real commitment on our part, but but that is absolutely what we're doing. That sounds amazing and and definitely uh, such an important mission to have, being able to serve patients uh, no matter what in be able to do that. So uh, I know that so many communities are very appreciative for that. Now, before we wrap up our discussion, I just have one more question. What are you most excited Mm -hmm. about right now? I think we're at a real um, crossroads in healthcare. I think the thing that, that really excites me is this possibility that we're going to change the way um, healthcare is managed and I'm, what I mean by that is this idea that we can no longer hide our costs, that our providers, that our suppliers, and our payers uh, are going to have to work together to be transparent about where money changes hands in this organization. How do we create uh, healthy competition so that our patients can choose. How do we take that data and make it um, uh, speak to people who don't necessarily have health literacy? Uh, and I think eventually it's going to take a while because a lot of people are very uh, committed to keeping things the way they are financially. But I think it is no longer going to be sustainable. And you're going to see uh, this transparency movement take flight um, so that we are absolutely being um, honest in how we trade and in what we buy and uh, the care that we give. So I think that's the thing that um, is is definitely going to have to occur in the industry. And uh, I'm very excited to be a part of that. Absolutely. That that sounds amazing. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a, such a fun conversation and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Sure. I'd be, it would be my pleasure.